The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Vandah. I will learn from God's word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many of you enjoyed the Grace in the Marketplace conference last week? Man, it was awesome. It was awesome. And Billy Epperhart, man, he just came and tore the roof off the building last Sunday. Amen. That was really awesome. And uh, today we're continuing in the same breath talking about grace in the marketplace. Uh, one of the things we discovered, uh, you know, during the conference is that God has never created anyone to be average. Uh, he created all of us for an eternal purpose. And uh, in fact, he said in Jeremiah 29 uh, verse 11, I have a plan for you and the, the plan is not to harm you. Uh, but the plan is to give you an expected end. The plan is to prosper you. So God has outlined a plan for all of us. He's never created an accident. He's never made a mistake. Uh, so you are not a coincidence. God eternally purposed in his heart to create you for such a time as this. Amen? How many of you believe that? And uh, we read in Genesis chapter number 1 from verse twenty. Uh, 6 to 28. I want to read it in the Message Bible. This is God creating uh, a mankind. And uh, he said this in Genesis 1, uh, 26 to 28 in the Message Bible. Genesis, Genesis chapter number 1, uh, from verse 26 to 28, please. Uh, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so that they, human beings, can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. So who's responsible? You and I are responsible. Did you read that? And then it says, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like. Next verse. Reflecting God's nature, he created them, both male and female. God blessed them. Uh, Semicolon, open inverted commas. Did you see that? Now we're getting ready to read the first thing uh, mankind ever heard from the mouth of God. Do you see that? It's open inverted commas. We're getting ready to read God speak to Adam or to mankind. Adam was a a representative for for all of us. And God is getting ready to speak to all of us through Adam. And this is the first word God said to mankind, prosper. Did you read that? Uh, I mean, God could have said rapture. (laughs) He could have said, hold on. Things are going to get tough. But just hang in there. Or he could have said struggle. (laughs) But God, in all of his eternal wisdom, in all of the vocabulary of heaven, decided the first thing mankind should hear from his mouth was prosper. Why? Because it is God's eternal plan for you and I to prosper. God wants us to prosper. We quoted earlier on Jeremiah 29, 11, which says God wants you to prosper. Uh, 3 John uh, chapter number 1, verse 2, it says, uh, Beloved, I wish above 
all things that you may uh, prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So God's eternal plan for mankind is to prosper. So there is no such a thing as a, a prosperity gospel from America. It is a God plan from the word of God for you and I to prosper. Amen. God wants you to prosper in whatever calling, in whatever area that he has called you to operate in. And the second word he said in Genesis 1, to 28, again, if you read after prosper, he said reproduce. And we said last week that reproduce is not just limited to procreation. When God said reproduce, uh, he meant take what I've given you, everything that God is going to bless you with will come in seed form. So essentially God is saying, take the talents and the gifts and the callings that I've given you in seed form and reproduce more out of them. How many of you realize that God could have planted the whole earth when he was creating the, you know, the, the, the earth? But God decided to just plant the garden. And he gave it to Adam, and he said to Adam, now you reproduce. In fact, one of the instructions God gave to Adam was, see, I've given you every herb bearing seed. So in other words, God was saying to uh, Adam, I've already given you a garden, and loaded in that garden is so much potential that will give it uh, the ability to cover the whole earth. It's the same thing with you and I. When God blesses us with ideas, they come in seed form. And you have to learn how to be a good steward to take the Garden of Eden and make it international. So what God started in the garden as a garden ends in the book of Revelations as a city. And he had deposited all of the creativity and ingenuity in Adam to move it from the Garden of Eden to the city of God, the new Jerusalem, with 12 precious stones in the foundation. All of that creativity was already deposited in Adam. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And so when God blesses you uh, with your calling, your purpose, the ideas for business or for some of you, uh, uh, you know, media, education, all of the seven mountains that we learned about last week, they usually come in seed form. And this is why he said in Zachariah or Zechariah, depending on where you're from, 4 verse 10, he said, do not despise the day of what? Small being what? Because everything starts small. And you have to have the ability to perceive greatness in small things. Yeah, that's right. See, because most people can't see the harvest in a seed because it's just a pack of seed. It takes a farmer who can look, I mean, a fa- farmers can take a look at a bag of seed and, you know, see how much harvest that is embedded in that seed. And similarly, when God gives you opportunities, when he blesses you with a, a, a marketplace response, some of you, man, God is going to give you an opportunity to start from the bottom. Is this that song? Started from the bottom, now we're here? Yeah. That's how we all start. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. We have some people here that are studying doctorate. Some of you are studying... Uh, masters, and, and you know, the, 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 the false uh, uh, idea that they give you sometimes in universities that you're just going to move from the desk to CEO <laughs> until you show up to the marketplace. <laughs> and we look at your masters and tell you that's not how we do it here. <laughs> you're going to have to start from the bottom to get there. Essentially, that's God's way of promotion. Amen. Amen. Everything starts small and it grows. In fact, if you read Zechariah 4 verse 10, it says God rejoices just to see the work begin. Yeah, that's Amen. Right. That's, that's, it. 
When God gives you an idea, God gets excited just to see the work begin. Just to see you get out of your house and do something with what God has blessed you with. The Bible says God rejoices. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. So everything starts in seed form. And we have to perceive the greatness of seed form ideas if we are going to be great in the marketplace. Amen. It says in uh, Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 10. Uh, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, what he's saying essentially in that verse is, uh, when he says you are God's workmanship, he's saying you are God's poem, because that word workmanship is in the Greek poema. You know, you are carefully put together, like a poem. There is rhyme and reason to your existence, just like a poem. You, you know, you, you're just not someone wasting space and, you know, wasting uh, breathing air and just, you know, you're going to go through the earth and have babies. And what happened? To, did you, no, no one knows what they ever did. In the, no, God put you together and there's a rhyme and reason to your existence. Amen. But here's how this verse ends. It says God has prepared a work and he called them good works. And he says he prepared these good works beforehand. Now we should walk in them. Walking in them is on your side of the ledger. Just because God has created an eternal purpose that is so awesome for you does not mean it's going to automatically come to pass. Amen? You have to make a decision. I am now going to walk into this purpose and never give up. Amen? I said amen. Uh, One of my friends, uh, Joseph Z, Joseph Zupert, said this uh, uh, at the minister's conference we attended last month in Denver, Colorado, he said, it's a tragedy, tragedy to live your life doing what God hasn't called you to do. And he said this, it's even a greater tragedy when you have the resources to finance it. Because when you have the resources to finance it, you can get comfortable. And it's a, it's a tragedy because you know what? There's a deception that says, you know, as long as I can eat and feed my family, I'm all right. But God created you for something bigger than that. Amen. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the Bible says when we get to heaven, I mean, heaven is a beautiful place. Everyone is excited to go to heaven. Maybe it's just me, but I mean, I'm looking forward to going to heaven. Heaven is going to be awesome. No problems. There's no problems in heaven. No calories. You don't have to calorie count in heaven. I'm telling you, heaven, you don't gain weight in heaven. The way you enter, that's just the way you're going to be, amen? So I'm looking forward to going to heaven. But here's what the Bible says about heaven. It says God will wipe tears off of their eyes. When we get to heaven, can you imagine? Some people will get to heaven and they'll be crying. You know why they'll be crying? I believe one of the reasons uh, why people will be crying is God will then reveal to them why he created them and how much impact they could have made on the earth realm. And they will realize how average... They had downgraded their lives to just, you know, I'm just going to eat, eat, eat. As long as I can eat, my kids can eat and, you know, belly economics. (laughs) That's not what God created you for. God created you for something greater. He created you to make a difference, to change someone else's life, to preach Jesus while we at it. Amen. And so we read a story in Matthew 25, verse 14. This is an awesome story. Uh, this is uh, a story of the master, you know, giving out talents. You remember the story? 
And the Bible says uh, he gave to one guy five talents, and he gave to another guy two talents, and he gave to another one one talent. You remember the story? And he said he gave them according to their several abilities. That's what it says in verse 15. Uh, it says he gave them according to their several abilities. So as, you know, the master was giving out a talents, we discovered that a talent uh, is equivalent to 33.3 kgs of gold. Okay, if you translate that to today's value, it's about 1.4 million U.S. dollars uh, uh, each, each talent. You know, when he was giving out talents, he gave to one guy five times 1.4 million. He gave to another two times 1.4, 2.8 million U.S. dollars. And he gave to another 1.4 uh, million U.S. I, I mean, honestly, growing up, I used to feel sorry for the guy who got one talent. <laughs> I used to feel sorry for him. You know, because after all, this other guy got five, the other one got two, and this one got one. Until I discovered, no, this man actually got 20 million rand. How many of you could do better with Pastor T right now? (laughs) I'll take one talent. Hey, man, I mean, this guy got something. He got 20 million rand. And he says it was according to their several abilities. So this is why Billy Eppard said last week, you must invest in yourself more than invest in what you do. What he means by that is you take you everywhere. And he said something else that was powerful. He says you never get paid for time. You always get paid for value. Amen. Amen? So, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I was working and I didn't understand this principle, you know, I would just go to the office and as long as I did nine to five, it didn't matter what I did between nine to five. I expected a salary. <laughs> That's not how it works. You get paid for value and not for time. Amen? The value that you invest in the nine to five. So he was giving them talents according to their ability, to the value that they could put on the table. And then the first guy went and traded and he made five more. And the other guy went and traded and he made two more. And the other guy uh, went and hid the master's talent in the ground. And when the master came back, you know, he gave the master back the one that he had given him. In fact, the story goes like this. It says in verse 16, Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made other five. Likewise, he that had received two also gained another two. He that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. Notice verse 19 starts with these words, after a long time. Did you read that? Come on, read it with me. After a what? A long time. Man, this is an awesome sermon, a title to a microwave generation people. It says, after a long time. And a lot of people get discouraged uh, by a long time. I don't think you should. You know why? Because a long time is a great investment. In fact, the master blessed this guy with one talent with two powerful things. Now, the first thing he blessed him with was a lot of money, 1.4 million U.S. dollars, 20 million rand. And the second thing he blessed him with was he left him alone. <laughs> How many of you would like to get 20 million U.S. rand and be left alone? <laughs> For a long time. So, a long time is not a negative. Do you see that? It's a positive. A lot of young people get discouraged. Pastor, it's taking too long. No. You must learn how to steward the season that you're in. So that when you eventually get promoted, you are ready for the promotion. And you won't sabotage yourselves and track back. Amen? So, he says, after a long, long, long time, the master came 
and said, let's settle the accounts. And he says in verse 20, he that had received five talents came and brought another five, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more. And his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. You have been what? Faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Man, this is powerful. Jesus is giving us a principle. He's giving us a law. And by law, I don't mean, you know, legalistic type laws. I mean a principle of life. Jesus here is giving us a principle of how things work. Just like gravity. You know, if I held a book here in front of you and I let it go, uh, uh, how many of you know what's going to happen to that book? It's going to go down. Why? Because there is a law that governs that book, which is called the law of gravity. And, you know, we can all expect that this book is going to go down. Similarly, Jesus is giving us a principle here. He's giving us a law. And that law is, if you are faithful with a few things, he will make you ruler over many things. So if you're writing down notes, write this. If you are faithful over a few things, God will make you ruler over many things. Essentially, what I'm saying is promotion comes through faithfulness. If you have not been faithful mastering the alphabet from A up to Z, you cannot be promoted into literature. (laughs) If you have not mastered numbers from zero up to nine, you cannot be promoted into calculus. Amen. Amen. Similarly, in the kingdom of God, if you have not been faithful over uh, 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 stewarding small things, you will not be promoted into much. It sounds like a negative, but I think it's a positive. You know why? Because if you promote someone who has not mastered calculus, uh, numbers from zero up to nine into calculus, they're not going to understand a thing. In fact, they're going to be wasteful. I think it's a positive that this law looks like this. And I think the second positive on this law is, the second part of that statement is God is the one that gets to do the promotion. Did you read that? God says, because you have been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. You know what that means? That means you don't have to suck up to people. That means you don't have to manipulate people. That means you don't have to backstab your way up the corporate ladder. All you have to do is be faithful. In fact, that's what the Bible says. It says, do everything diligently as unto the Lord. Most of you think you're working for the companies that you work for, but in reality, you're working for God. He says, do what you do as unto the Lord. You know why? Because it is of the Lord that you will receive your reward. (laughs) And the Lord's reward system cannot be cheated. Can't cheat the system. You know, I remember uh, back in uh, university, we would clown around and just monkey around throughout the whole semester. And two weeks before the exams, we would go to work and we would cheat the system and get distinctions. Over here with this system that I'm talking about, where God is the rewarder, you can't cheat the system. If you don't like your salary, you know what you should do? Please your boss. And you know who your boss be? God. How do you please your boss? You please him by being faithful. Some of you thinking, man, what does that even mean? Let me show you. I'm going to give you a few synonyms for the word faithfulness. Number one, dependable. Yeah. 
Be dependable. Can't show up at work late because I was in a prayer closet. I was in the prayer. <laughs> Man, if you are a believer, you should be showing up at least 30 minutes before. And staying up at least one hour. Man, I need to preach for the people that work for the government. <laughs> to be dependable. And the second thing is reliability. You need to be reliable. Amen? You've got to be reliable. Uh, the third thing is trustworthiness. You know, you can't be photocopying your whole syllabus with company material. Man, there's no trustworthiness in that. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens. I was going to get nervous laughters. <laughs> this is the truth. Amen. Amen. You can't be doing that as a Christian in the marketplace. Yeah, that's right. God expects you to go out and represent the kingdom. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. In fact, go out and represent Jesus. People should be able to look at you and see Jesus. Yeah. You know those uh, wristbands we wear? What would Jesus do? Jesus, I'll tell you what Jesus wouldn't do. He wouldn't photocopy the whole syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Commitment. Man, you need to be committed. In fact, this is a powerful, powerful, powerful statement. For those of you who are dreaming to start your own business one day, Jesus actually gave it to us like this in Luke 16. He says, if you cannot be faithful with that which belongs to someone else, who will give to you that which is your own? Essentially, what Jesus is saying is uh, faithfulness or or ability to run your own business is tested uh, through your commitment to someone else's vision. Wow. If you can't commit to someone else's vision, you are not ready to run your own vision. And God is not going to release you into your own vision. You know why? Because you will make a mess of it. Hallelujah. So there has to be some commitment to what you're doing. In fact, uh, we had a question. I think we were doing grace in the marketplace in Namibia. Someone asked and they said, but what if I don't have a job? And, you know, you guys are saying the blessing of the Lord is on me and I need to put it to, uh, to work. I need to do something with my hands. What if I can't get a job? What if I... Here's something you can do. You can volunteer for something in your community. Put your hands to something because what God has done is he has blessed the work of your hands. And you need to get your hands to doing something so that that blessing can be translated in what, into what you do. Amen? I said amen. So as you do that, you know what? What happens? There's, you're going to be trained in commitment. Man, if you can't do uh, a volunteer work, uh, if you can't be committed in volunteer work, you will certainly not be uh, committed in employment. I can guarantee you. Amen. And the third thing is loyalty. Loyalty to who? Loyalty to the kingdom of God and not to self, not to the kingdom of self. Allegiance. Allegiance to who? To the kingdom of God and not to the kingdom of self. So the first one came and he said, Master, I made five out of it. And the master said, good and faithful servant. I will make you ruler over much. And he says something powerful. Enter into the joy of the Lord. In other words, now you have access to go into the next phase of your life or into the next season of your life. How do you get into the next season of your life? You do it by being faithful where you are, being dependable where you are. This is why the Bible says in Galatians, it says, uh, do not grow weary in well-doing or do not grow weary in being faithful, for you will reap 
in due season if you faint not. In other words, you will enter into the joy of the Lord. You will enter into the next season of your life. Amen? So the second guy came and he said, Master, I made two more out of it. And the master was pleased. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. That's awesome stuff. Amen? Let's go to Psalm 75. I want to read from 6 to 7, verse 6 to 7. Someone shout, God is the promoter. Therefore, I need to be loyal, dependable to God, and then I will receive my promotion. Amen. It says in Psalm 75, verse 6, let me read it in the Passion Translation if you can. Psalm 75 from 6 to 7 in the Passion Translation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 75, verse 6. I think they do. I saw it earlier on. It says, this I know. The favor that brings promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on the earth. For no one, someone say no one. For no one exalts a person but God. And sometimes he uses people, so the deception is to think that it was people that exalted you. The verse said, no one exalts a person but God, the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings down Another to his knees. So God is the ultimate promoter. And he just showed us what he looks for, for him to promote people. Do you remember what it was? Faithfulness. So we don't have to wonder, well, maybe God will promote me someday. No, if you are faithful, you can be sure that God will indeed promote you. Amen? I said amen. amen. Now let's go to Matthew 25, verse 22, and read uh, the rest of the story. Verse 24. Then he which had received one came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not strolled. Man, this guy just received 1.4 million US dollars, 20 million rand. Listen. If you gave me 20 million rand today, I'll never talk to you like this. You can try me. (laughs) Amen. I mean, this guy, this is what we call entitlement. Have you ever heard heard of the word entitlement? This is what entitlement looks like. You've just been given 20 million. You've been given a long time and you still complain. He says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strolled. And I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the earth. Lo, there you have what is yours. His Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant. Slothful means lazy. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not strolled. You should therefore have put my money to the exchanges. How many of you know that if you put money in the bank for a long time, they're going to pay you interest? That's essentially what Jesus is saying. He's saying, man, if you had put that 1.5 million in the bank, they would have given you a lot of interest because I gave you a long time to go with it. It wasn't just for a month. It was for a long time. 
He says, therefore. Someone say, therefore. <laughs> Whenever there's a therefore, you need to see what it's there for. Now we're about to read us. He says, therefore, take the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. Man, Jesus is not Robin Hood. He's not taking from the rich and giving it to the poor. He's taking from the guy with one and giving it to the guy with ten. I mean, that's, that's confusing, right? But here's why he's doing it. Because this guy is full of entitlement. Yeah. Master, you want to reap where you have not sown? He didn't even realize that the one talent came from the master. The master is not reaping where he didn't sow. He is the one who gave you the, the, the first talent. Amen? And how can you locate entitlement and get rid of it? Number one, like the alphabet, if I comes before you, you are in entitlement. If you think about you, 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 my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Give me more, me, me, me. In the kingdom of God, others come before us. You know this notion that say, give me a free house, government must, anyway. <laughs> Number two, how you can locate entitlement and get rid of it. When you have this saying in your mind, you may not say it out loud, but if it's in your mind, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is my own. It's entitlement. In the kingdom of God, everything belongs to God, and we are just stewards. That's why we do not have a problem giving it back to him. Amen? I said amen. This master was saying to God, who is the ultimate owner of everything, you want to reap where you have not sown. No, God owns you. And the breath that you're breathing. And the opportunities that he has brought your way. Amen? The third thing and the last thing, how you can uh, locate entitlement and get rid of it. That's what we're talking about. Entitled people are easily offended. In fact, offense in the Greek means the bait of Satan. Offended people always complain about everything. This dude was complaining about 20 million rand in his bank account from the master. Can you imagine? He was complaining about the master giving him the first talent. Now, this is what the master said. He gave us a law in verse 29 uh, to close this uh, verse. He said, take, verse 28, from him that is one and give it to the one that is 11. Maybe I need to explain a little bit around that. Talents... Because we said it is money, and so on and so forth, represent opportunities. Amen? So the talents that God gave, or that the master gave, is not talking about, you know, talents and gifts like I'm a singer, you know, I'm a musician, I'm an engineer, I do this, you know, and so on and so forth. You know why? Because those talents are irrevocable. The Bible says in Romans 11, 29, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, when God gives you a gift, he does not take it back. But here is what he will take away from you. The opportunity to use your gift if you're not faithful. So you'll have a nice voice, but nowhere to sing it. Amen? And you'll take that opportunity. Can you imagine and give it to this guy here who already has about 10 places to sing? And now he has 11 places to sing because he's been faithful. 
when he got that opportunity, he stewarded it with faithfulness. He showed up on time. He wasn't complaining and griping about everything. He wasn't a diva. He put his head down, put his hands to the plow, and went to work. Amen? Amen? He didn't destroy relationships and treat everybody. How many of you know that sometimes relationships, opportunities look like relationships? God will bring people into your life. I think that's what Billy said. He said the law of connection. God will bring people into your life that will not only give you a hand out, but a hand up. People that will open doors for you to get into the next season of your life. God uses people. Now, if you have a master's degree or a PhD in hurting people, you may be sabotaging the opportunities that God is trying to bring your way. And look, here's what God will do in the economics of opportunities. He will take away that one talent and give it to someone who already has 11 talents. And this is not to hurt you. This is just how things work because God is not wasteful. Amen? So he took away the one and gave it to the guy with 11. Amen. And the guy with 11, with 10, now had 11. Amen? Amen? And then he said in verse 29, For unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have what? An abundance. Did you read that? Amen. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Let's read it in the New King James Bible. I want to read it in English. I want you to see exactly what this Bible is saying. It says, for to everyone who has, what will happen? More will be given. Stop right there. Now, I used to think Jesus here is talking about the rich getting richer. I used to think Jesus is saying to everyone who has money, even more money will be given to him. It's not even remotely close to what Jesus is saying. I mean, if I read this verse back when I was struggling with that mindset, I would have given up. It would have literally paralyzed me. If I thought that Jesus is saying to those who have even more money, that's not the principle of the kingdom. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying the rich get richer. What Jesus is saying is to everyone who has faithfulness, more opportunities will be given to them. And they will have an abundance of opportunities, which will in turn produce resources. Amen? Amen. But watch what he says on the flip side. But from him who does not have, does not have what? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. From him who cannot be depended upon. From him who is not reliable. Have you ever met these people that are just not reliable? You're like... I can't rely on that. I can't rely on that. Man, I need this done, but who? I don't know. I'll do it myself. Amen? Man, I used to be a boss, and I had uh, a staff uh, complement of about seven at the time. I transitioned to ministry. And there are some guys in my team that I had to actually go and do their work for them and still pay them at the end of the month. You know why? Because they were just not reliable. If I had let them do the work that I'm paying them to do, I probably would have had to, you know, do it again. And it would have probably robbed me of all my time. So you know what I'll do? I'll just take it off their table and uh, 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 just, you know, uh, do their work for them and keep them around. How many of you know that that's not good management? I should have taken the work from them and fired them. (laughs) 
Sometimes you just have to let people go, man. Do I have any business people up in here? It's a godly thing to let people go. Amen? God is not mad at you. I I truly believe it is. Sometimes you have to let some people go. Amen? Otherwise, you're going to keep doing the same work twice, sometimes three times. Amen? I'm just saying, to everyone who does not have faithfulness, even... What he has, even the opportunities that he has, will be taken away and given to someone else. Did you see that? And Jesus concluded the story in Luke 16. Let's go to Luke 16. We're going to read from verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping you? This is what I like to call three levels of faithfulness. And this is what Jesus said. He said, he who is faithful, what did we say are the synonyms for faithfulness? Dependable. Reliable, committed, loyalty, trustworthy, allegiance to the kingdom of God. You remember that? Jesus said, he who is faithful with what is least is also faithful in much. He who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. And that's why he only makes people faithful over much who have been proven to be faithful over the little things. One of the greatest Uh, uh, misconceptions or notions in the kingdom of God that is incorrect is that there are no opportunities in life. That notion is not true. One of the uh, greatest uh, notion that's incorrect is that there are no jobs in the market. That notion is not true. In fact, Jesus said it like this. The, The notion that there are not opportunities is just not true. Jesus actually said it like this. He said the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there are more opportunities than people. The harvest is plentiful. And he told us what the problem is. He says the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest may send forth laborers, faithful laborers. Amen. Amen. There is plenty of opportunities. Opportunities will never run out. Man, people will find you from the middle of the city in Melbourne to try and hire you from the middle of the bush in Gokwe if you are faithful and you have the right skill. People will look for you. I mean, especially now that the world is a global village, people will find you from across the other place in the world just so they can get your services. And if you're faithful, opportunities will find you. In fact, God will bring them to your doorstep. That's why he said in his word, his eyes go to and fro. You know what that means? God is constantly and consistently searching. His eyes go to and fro, looking for someone that he may show himself strong through. In other words, God is looking for people to work with, people to get on the job, people to bring opportunities to. But he told us what kind of people he's looking for. Faithful people. I said faithful people. Amen. He was faithful with the list. That's where it starts. You've got to be faithful with the list. Verse 11. Watch what it says in verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, in other words, if you have not been faithful in money or material things, who will commit to you uh, to your trust the true riches? So there are two things here. True riches and material things. How you steward material things is a reflection of how you're going to handle true riches. What are true riches? Spiritual truths, uh, gifts of the spirit, anointing, influence, and so on and so forth uh, is reflected in the way you handle money. If you can't handle money right, 
you will probably abuse people when you get influence. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give to you what is your own? Did you read that? And how many of you believe God follows scripture? How many of you believe that God... I used to think God gave to us scripture to do, and he just does his own thing. <laughs> no, God actually follows scripture. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1.12, he watches over his word to perform it. God is also going uh, by the word. Amen? Amen? And if God does the word, watch what he says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 as we close. Is this helping you? Second Timothy 2, verse 2. This is God, uh, the Apostle Paul, you know, giving advice to Timothy on who to uh, work with and so on and so forth. And he says, the things that you have heard from me, among many other things, these valuable things, these valuable truths that you have heard from me, among many other things, commit these to who? I didn't hear that. Notice it didn't say commit these to talented men. He didn't say commit these to skillful men. He didn't say commit these to anointed men. In fact, that's one of the mistakes I made earlier on in ministry. I was on the hunt for anointed people to work with. God never said you should work with anointed people. He said you should work with faithful people. He said if you can find them faithful, dependable, reliable, committed, I will put my anointing on them. He says, these truths, these faith things you have heard, commit these to faithful men. And watch what happens. If you commit these to faithful men, they will have the ability. Who will be able to teach others? It's faithful people that the ability of God rests upon. Even in the marketplace. It's faithful people that creativity, you know, I'm talking about God-like creativity, God kind of creativity. It falls on faithful people. It doesn't fall on good-looking people. It doesn't fall on a certain race. I'm so glad, man. It doesn't fall on good-looking people and, you know, all these guys on Instagram with six-packs. I wouldn't be a candidate. Man, I'm glad it can, everyone has a chance. You know why? Because everybody can make a decision that I'll be, commi- I'll be committed, I'll be dependable, I'll be reliable, and it starts with the small things. It's a faithfulness thing. How many of you believe that? It's a faithfulness thing, and it's a decision away. You know, when we planted the church uh, uh, a few years ago, you know, as we were starting, it was a small group, and, you know, just maybe 11 of us would get together on a Sunday and just have service and so on and so forth. And usually I noticed that, you know, the church would be about three people when we start, when we actually start at 9 o'clock, it would be about three people. And then by about 9.30, then the other, you know, uh, 11 minus 3, that's 8. And the other 8 would come you know, at about half past nine. So I had a great idea. Since they come at 9.30, let's move the service time to 10 o'clock. And everyone will keep doing what they're doing. The ones who are coming at nine will be one hour early. The ones who are coming at 9.30 will be 30 minutes early. And we're all going to be here and have a good time and praise the Lord. Boy, I was wrong. We moved the time to 10. They started coming at 10 then. (laughs) And the excuses were the same. So the problem was not the time. Just like the problem is not the economy. Just like the problem is not out there. The problem may be in here. 
And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Does that help you? Someone shout, I'll be faithful. There's one decision you can make today. You know, we taught grace in the marketplace and some of the things we taught you was that, you know, it's going to take time for you to get to a certain place uh, of wealth and uh, wealth creation and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, some 10 years, for some 15 years, but there's something you can walk out of this place with tonight, today. And that's a change of heart. That's a decision that from today onwards, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be dependable. Every opportunity that I get, I'm going to be dependable. I'm going to be reliable. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to execute as if I'm working for the Lord. Because the reality of the matter is, Colossians 3 verse 23 says we are working for God. Amen. We are not working for mere men. We are working for God. And it takes away the frustration. Some of you are frustrated uh, with the income that you make and you think you deserve more. Uh, um, the, the, The best way to fix it is to start being faithful to God. Start committing all your work unto the Lord. Start working as if you're working for God. And some of you are saying, but pastor, you don't understand. I have a mean boss. I have a mean partner. I have a people who are not doing this for me that, is, that they said they were going to do it doesn't matter what they're doing all you have to do is to be faithful to God and, and commit to God and, and do your work as unto the Lord and as you do that God will take care of the rest in fact the Bible says for it is of the Lord that you will receive your reward if your company can't pay uh, enough for your services God will see to it that he will create a new Uh, uh, income stream to make sure that you are at the income level that you're supposed to. God, for some of you, will make sure that you are headhunted to to, to bring you to a place where you're supposed to. But you're not going to get to that place by complaining and griping and murmuring. You're going to get to that place by being faithful. Amen? And so this morning, Father, we thank you for, for, for your children. Lord, we pray a heart of faithfulness a heart of faithfulness, a a, a mindset of stewardship. Lord, that they may begin to steward the season that you have put them in right now. Lord, we thank you that they may learn how to steward the season they are in right now. Lord, we thank you that right now to some you are revealing your purposes and your callings for their lives. Those who don't know, Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit right now is opening up their spiritual eyes to see what you have created them for to see what you have called them to do. Lord, we thank you that none under the sound of my voice will live average or below average. But Father, that they will excel to the place that you have called them to operate. Lord, I thank you that all of these children, your children, under the sound of my voice are world changers. And Lord, we thank you that as they go out into the marketplace, your grace is upon them. Your strength, which makes them strong when they are weak. Your grace, which is perfected in their weakness. So that when they are weak, they can declare, I am strong. Not of my own strength, but because Jesus makes me strong. Lord, we thank you and we give you all of the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And someone shout, Amen. Amen and Amen and Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You, Jesus. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. 
To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. Today.